is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. In order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. So that's a quote from Jordan Peterson. And no, this is not going to turn into a Jordan Peterson fanboy podcast. But uh, that was a quote from the interview that he did with uh, Channel 3 or Channel 4 News over in the UK. And that was the one that kind of got him all this notoriety right before his book came out. It's where, and, and I've suggested that you watch that interview before, but that was the the center point of that entire interview. It was a very contentious interview, lasted about 20 or 30 minutes, something like that. But that was the part where Jordan Peterson separated himself from this woman that was asking him all these crazy questions and kind of twisting his words around. And so... um we live right now in perhaps the most easily offended time in human history. I mean, people are so easily offended. They, they don't even try to have thick skin in a lot of different ways, right? People literally will seek out opportunities to be offended, right? So there are people that will actually go on social media, right? And you all know this to be true. They will actually go to social media expecting to become outraged at a topic, and and then they strike, right? They'll they'll like attack the person for whatever topic they're talking about. So, you know, after an election, they'll assume that somebody on the winning side is going to post something, you know, congratulatory or excited, and they go on there because they know they're going to be offended. Or something happens in the news, or Trump tweets something, or something goes down, and then they go there looking to be offended. But also you have a lot of people that identify into these like tribes of offended people. Like people kind of like to have a tribe, like it's, this is my team and we're going to be offended as a group. So you'll have people that are more liberal on the political scale and they'll be offended by anyone that really doesn't think like them or vote like them. You'll have conservatives that are offended by anyone that, you know, doesn't display like fervent patriotism for the United States or something like that. You have the social justice warrior types that are offended by anyone whose entire life isn't about equality of outcome. I mean, you have vegans that, I mean, they'll attack people that eat meat or, you know, drink milk or whatever they they attack these days. And even like, you know, CrossFit people, you'll have CrossFit people that'll attack anyone that thinks that another way of working out is proper for them, right? Like everyone's got this group that they, they, they want to identify with and then they become offended as a group, right? And, and we live in this boycott culture as well. And we've seen a lot of that actually coming up lately. So if you have like a newscaster that says something that you don't like, then you announce a boycott, which almost never really works. You kind of get the opposite reaction. People kind of like stick to their guns and, you know, kind of support that individual. But we see that a lot now to where it's like somebody does something or an employee for this large conglomeration or this large company makes a mistake. And then people are like, well, I'm never going to eat there again, or I'm never going to buy those products again because of this offensive thing. Right. I mean, even recently we saw this with David Hogg and Laura Ingram. So Laura Ingram is a, uh, she's an opinion host on Fox news. And then David Hogg is one of the more outspoken students, uh, from the, uh, school shooting there in Florida that happened just a couple of months ago. And, you know, she subtweeted him something that he said on Twitter. People thought it was offensive what she said. And then so David Hogg announced that they were going to do a boycott of all of Laura Ingram's advertisers. And so they did that and a lot of her advertisers dropped, but a lot of her advertisers stayed. Uh, and then she came back uh, from a vacation and all of her ratings went up. Right. So it was just kind of one of those deals where it's like, you know, we're going to boycott stuff because we're so offended and being offended is like a new Olympic sport, right? So, so we've got to like, look for these opportunities, like who can be the most offended? Like we're always second guessing the motives of a speaker or some politician that says something or maybe uses a common axiom. Like, oh, were they, were they being sexist or were they being racist or was there, you know, some ulterior motive? Are they a white supremacist? Are they a black nationalist? Like we always think in those terms, you know, everyone has some issue 
And some of those issues are rather useless, but they treat this issue like it's life or death. And and here's the thing, guys, is I'll just kind of be honest with you. Again, I'm, I'm 31 years old, but I used to f- offend people a lot and, and really for no reason. Um, it was just kind of a part of my past and, and part of and not really my upbringing, but I just, I used to offend people and I kind of liked it, I guess. Like I, I wanted to be brash. I, I wanted to be abrasive. Like I, I wanted to be seen as, as tough or like the guy that's going to have an opinion or, or something like that. But it, it wasn't always very positive. And, and in a lot of ways, it wasn't really ever positive. And so it wasn't really one of the best things that, that I could have done with my time was, you know, trying to offend people and be offensive. And the, the thing is, is I have a very straightforward personality, right? So I, I don't just talk like I do right now on this podcast, just when I'm podcasting. I mean, I talk like this a lot. Um, so it's just going to happen by virtue of the way my personality is and how I'm wired. But I'm way more calculated now than I was when I was 18, you know, entering into college and, and just saying and, and doing stupid things. Right. Um, and so I think it's OK to be calculated in how you're offending people. And I, I am going to be talking a lot about that particular subject matter today in this podcast. So with this podcast, I really want to talk about how there really is an art to being offensive. Right. And, and kind of when to use being offensive and how it can be used positively. Okay. And so in a lot of ways, uh, and you've seen me talk about this on other podcasts, like I want this podcast to be relevant. I want it to be time sensitive as well. So if there's something that's in the news, that's really important that I think you guys would be interested in hearing my opinion on, or just hearing a different opinion on, then I try to, you know, I'll bump whatever episode I had for that week into, to a future episode or something like that. So we've seen that done with, uh, abortion and the abortion, you know, the March for life that was happening. We saw it with, uh, the school shooting in Florida and, you know, I made an episode about guns and violence. But um, something came up recently and this kind of helped me kind of think through my philosophy on offending people and things like that. And lo and behold, it was because, you know, I had offended some people. So um, if you're not familiar with what's going on right now in the state of Oklahoma, which is my home state where I'm born and raised and where I currently reside, there is a massive uh, teacher strike that just took place. So it actually ended last Friday, if you're listening to this on time. So it would have, you know, ended basically mid-April. But for two weeks, um, legislators were kind of bombarded down at the state capitol by teachers and people that support teachers. And these teachers were demanding more funding for Oklahoma education and pay raises. So just to kind of give you a little bit of background, the state of Oklahoma is really, really low in terms of funding per student. I think it's 48th out of 50 50 states um, in terms of state funding and also in terms of what teachers are paid, right? And so um, it's become a major issue. The state has done a lot of different things to try and fix that, or or so we were told, right? You know, we brought the lottery to this state. That was supposed to fix education. We brought casinos to the state. That was supposed to fix education. I think before that, they had like a per glass liquor tax of some kind, and it was always supposed to fix education. It never really happened. So what's happened is Oklahoma teachers uh, are paid very, very poorly. They don't make a whole lot of money and they're below the regional average. And so they're, they're trying to go out there and get this funding. So there's all this outrage, right? And, and everyone's supporting the teachers. And if you just looked at Facebook, uh, and especially here in Oklahoma, you would think that every kind of, everybody kind of agreed that, you know, this should happen and, you know, let's raise taxes and let's do what we need to do because we support our teachers. 
But, you know, what I encourage you all to do and what I do a lot myself is I try to go at least one or two levels below whatever the thing is that we're talking about, right? Because on a surface level, should teachers be paid more? Obviously, like everyone would agree with that. Are teachers important? Yes, everyone agrees with that. But then you go one step below that and you go, well, okay, what is the most prudent way to fund that? You know, because we, we can't just, you know, pull $100 bills out of our rear ends. Like we got to have a plan for that. And so what I noticed when talking to people into the, in the community and kind of getting their opinions, a lot of people had the same opinions that I did, which is we love teachers. We, we want teachers to be paid more. Um, we, we want them to stay in this state. We don't want them going to other states so that they can, you know, be paid more to teach in Texas or Arkansas or somewhere else in the country. But you know, they also kind of shared some of my hesitations with, hey, the government of the Oklahoma saying, hey, just give us some more money and we'll be able to fix this teaching thing because because they've kind of done that before. And so I put a post out there on Facebook, just basically summarizing some of the thoughts that I had and also some of the the things that came from the conversations I was having with some other people. And it's things that we should all be able to agree on because it's it's very logic based stuff. So can we all agree that teachers in Oklahoma should be paid more? Yes. Can we all agree that no one is forcing a teacher to be a teacher? Yes. I mean, because obviously our teachers aren't going to school uh, with some mob guy behind them with a gun to their head saying, you will teach these kids. You will keep your teaching contract. Like it was basic logic things. And then there were some opinion things in there as well. But this post was met with unbelievable animus. Like it was really kind of flabbergasting the, the type of comments that, that I received for putting something out there that was again, intended to be like, Hey, we should all be able to agree on these things. And let's think a little deeper on this issue. And I had a lot of people reach out to me and say, Kyle, man, I'm with you. Like I'm, I'm completely with you on this, but gosh, you know, it's just such a hot time to post something about that. And so it was just a really, really interesting thing that happened. And, you know, I've, I've invited some people to, to try and chat with me about that and you know, talk with me a little bit about their opinions and people really haven't taken me up on that, but it was just one of those times where there was truth somewhere and I was trying to help people find it. And I was trying to help people lead to a discussion that would be substantive and would actually kind of help all parties involved. But it was just kind of met with this overwhelming sense of, oh, well, you've offended me for pointing something out that should have been obvious. And, and there are some misconceptions about uh, being offended overall. So I just, as I was thinking through this, like one of the misconceptions about quote unquote being offended is that people care that you're offended, right? Like you're so offended and it's like literally crippling you at that moment. Like this idea that all these other people should care about that is kind of silly. And and another misconception about being offended is that somehow the louder you scream, the more we'll all care. Right. So we see that a lot with these movements where you have these people that'll you know, go out and, you know, riot in the streets or they'll go out and peaceably assemble in the streets, but, you know, block traffic or, you know, they'll go out and do these things where they'll, they'll have these chants and they'll scream and they'll, they'll do these strikes and they'll do all these things. And it's just like, it's like, they think the, the louder we can be, the louder I can yell as an individual and the more people we can get to yell around us, that the more everybody else will care about our plight and about our situation, which is pretty ridiculous as well. It's kind of, kind of immature thinking, but, but kind of the last thing I thought about in terms of a misconception about being offended is that, and then this one's easily the most important is that the level of your outrage somehow equals the level of your rightness. I mean, I mean, just think about that. A lot of people believe this, that the level of my personal outrage somehow equals my level of rightness. Because here's the thing, guys, and I know there's some flat earthers out there. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm probably going to offend you a bunch of different times. So you might hop onto another podcast. 
But the thing about it is, is if I go outside or if I get on the news or if I get on social media or something like that, and I just yell and scream and go crazy about how the earth is definitely flat and that the Illuminati has like tricked everybody into thinking that the earth is round when it's actually flat, just because I'm outraged and just because I feel fervently about it and just because I feel like I got to tell the world this and I got to do it at a high volume, that does not mean I'm right. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of one of those things. Like I could go outside right now and, you know, stand or climb a tree or something like that. And then scream, I'm in a tree. Like I'm currently in a tree. This is a tree. Like I, just because I'm yelling, that doesn't mean I'm right. It's, it's just clearly a tree. Like, I hope I'm being clear in this point, but it's just like so many people think that because they're outraged and because they're offended, that means that they're correct. Like that they're, they should be offended by something like that. That's just kind of ridiculous. And another thing that I think is important to talk about here is there is really an important distinction between opinions and truths or falsehoods, right? So it's kind of a dichotomy there. You have your opinions on one side and then you have truths or falsehoods over here. And this is very, very important when you're thinking about through things, you know, through like debate circumstances or where people might disagree with your point of view. So what is an opinion? An opinion is something that can't be proven true or false, right? It just can't be done that way. So your opinion is that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. In my opinion, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. Who's right? Some of you are like in your head saying, well, clearly this person, but it's not something that can be proven one way or the other, right? LeBron James is not the right answer and Michael Jordan is not the right answer. And there's not another answer out there. I mean, we could pull every basketball fan on the planet, billions of them. And, you know, 70% of them can agree with you and 30% of them can agree with me. That doesn't make you right. It just means that more people share your opinion. So if in your opinion, blue is a superior color to red, that does not make it real. It's an opinion, right? I feel, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone having to even break it down to such an elementary level, but people actually conflate opinions and truths or falsehoods, right? So someone will say something ridiculous like, well, in my opinion, the earth is flat. Well, that's not an opinion that can either be proven true or proven false, right? So in order for something to be a truth or a falsehood, it has to be able to be studied, to be looked at, and to be able to be proven one way or the other beyond a, beyond a reasonable doubt, you would think, right? So again, something like red or blue or Michael Jordan or LeBron James or chocolate cake or vanilla cake, like those are not things that can be proven one way or the other. But you can say beyond a reasonable doubt, you can prove that LeBron James is a professional basketball player. You can prove that that cake in front of you is chocolate cake with chocolate icing. Like those are things that you can prove. So I think that's a very important distinction for people to really think about as they're going into these issues is like, is what this person is saying right now, is this an opinion? Or can this be proven true or false? Because you have to be able to call people out when they say something. Well, like, you know, in in my opinion, uh, I just don't really think that you should be able to do that. Okay, well, that that's an opinion like you can, you're more than entitled to that, but it can't be an opinion, for instance, that, well, in my opinion, what's growing in that woman's stomach is not a baby. Like it's not life. It's not alive because that's ridiculous because science would you know prove you otherwise. So, um, and again, I want to go back to that quote from the very beginning. And that's the Jordan Peterson quote that he used, because I, I definitely want y'all to kind of let that sink in. And that's this, in order to be able to think you have to risk being offensive. Okay. So a really important thing for us to think about here is you have to risk offending people if you ever want to find common ground. So if you're entering into the fray, into an argument or a discussion or a debate, whatever you want to call it, you have to be able to risk offending people. 
I mean, if you ever want to enter into the middle, you know, which is where understanding is fi- found between two sides or two people, you have to risk offending people. And, and in a lot of ways, it's worth it. Okay. And so uh, I was thinking through this and I wanted to give you all some practical questions that you should ask yourself when considering whether or not you should do something offensive. And for some of you guys, this is going to be old hat. These are things that you just do. It's just kind of in your personality. But also for some of you, you would never consider, you know, offending anybody. That's not something you would ever consider doing. So this may be helpful for you, but I think it's going to be helpful for all of us. So these are the five questions I kind of thought through in terms of, okay, when you're considering doing something offensive, Here's what I should be thinking. The first is, is this hill worth dying on? So for me, guys, kind of, you know, life, I've talked about that a lot. So the importance of life, the sanctity of human life, abortion, that's that's a hill worth dying on for me. The, the, the gospel and the spreading of that message is worth dying for. My family's honor. That's something that I think is is a hill worth dying on. And, and also truth, just truth in general. Like if somebody is propagating something that is clearly untrue, I think that's, you know, something you should consider trying to correct in them, right? A second question you should ask yourself is, does what I'm planning to say need to be said? And and guys, a lot of these questions are going to kind of flow in with one another. So that's very relatable to the very first question I asked, but does what I'm planning to say need to be said? And here's the encouragement I would give to you all is don't ever assume that you're the only one thinking what you're thinking. Okay. There, There are plenty of people out there that probably think the way you do and have the same opinion and would like to say or do something, but they're too much of a pussy to do it. Like, so don't always assume that you're, you're just on an Island by yourself. Now, every now and then you might be, you might have an opinion that is just literally so off the wall that no one's really going to level with you. But that was one of the thing with this whole teacher thing going on in Oklahoma. I was surprised to hear so many people agree with me whenever I sat down with them and had conversations with them because we were able to actually hammer this out and not just post some stupid sign that I made and, you know, put it all up on our Facebook. Third question you should ask yourself when considering doing something offensive is, is there a chance that this will lead to something positive? I think that's a really important question because sometimes, you know, it it may be a hill that's worth dying on. It's maybe something that needs to be said, but gosh, there's just not really a positive outcome. There's just not really a possibility of the positive outcome. Now it could be the situation itself. Uh, that kind of keeps that from being positive. It could be the person that you would be saying it to. Maybe they're a numbskull. Maybe they're just someone that literally has a 0% chance of ever changing their mind on a certain, any issue, especially the issue you want to talk to them about. So is there a chance that this will lead to something positive? You should ask yourself that. Another question you should ask yourself is, am I being needlessly abrasive? So this is one I have to ask myself a lot. Like, okay, I need to be abrasive here in my opinion but am I being needlessly abrasive? Am I being literally abrasive for no reason? So that's an incredibly important thing for guys who do have that straightforward personality. You know, if you ever took a leadership personality test and you came back like, you know, a buffalo or or a rhinoceros or something like that, you know, those types of people really need to think about that. And the last question that you need to ask yourself and probably the most important one is, am I going to puss out? (laughs) Am I going to puss out and not say this or not bring this up, right? So many men are, they're just afraid of coming off cough, coming off harshly. Excuse me. They just, they don't want to come off that way. They don't want to seem like they're, they're being too judgmental or too harsh. Right. So many men are afraid of hurting people's feelings. Right. That's just kind of like, oh gosh, I, I would bring this up, but gosh, what's he going to say? But here's the thing guys is, are you afraid of hurting, you know, your kids feelings when you snatch them up by their clothes to keep them from running into traffic? Are you really concerned in that moment? Are you like weighing out your options? Like, are you afraid of hurting your hammered drunk buddy's feelings when you take his car keys from him so he doesn't drive and kill himself or somebody else or both, right? 
You're, you're not normally doing a Ben Franklin chart in your head of like, well, if I take his keys and, you know, he might be mad, but gosh, you know, I might save his life, which, you know, that, that may be worth two checks or like, you're not doing that, right? There's so many times in our life where we're not concerned about offending people. And then times when it actually matters, we, we just kind of clam up, right? We puss out. So there, there's just no reason to do that. So getting into kind of the meat here of the podcast, I want to talk about the art of being offensive. Okay. Because there is an art to it, right? So I just want y'all to kind of follow me through this narrative. And I'm going to give you five always statements, right? So these are things that you should always do. And this is all part of the art of being offensive. So the first statement is this. Always be willing to cordially discuss the issue at hand, okay? So, and, and guys, this first one, this is the crux of all the rest of them, the other four after this, right? Because without a conversation with someone or a group of people, it's kind of useless. So that's kind of the narrative that I'm spinning for you is that you are entering into a conversation with an actual person. Cause here's the thing, guys, most people on the offended side are completely content with just getting mad or, or emotional and just kind of freaking out. Right. They're completely content with that. And, and then on the offender side, most of those people are completely content with just kind of, you know, pulling the pin on the grenade, dropping it and running away and hiding somewhere. Right. But the, the thing is, is you always have to invite the people that you're potentially going to offend to enter into a face-to-face discussion with you. You have to do that, right? Because it is so cowardly for people that are offended to just sit there and express their outrage and rage and then not follow up and talk with you in person to see if they even had your opinion right, if you express it in a way that they fully understood. Same is true for, for the offender. Like if you're that person that just likes to jump into conversations and, you know, set everything on fire and then take off running, like, don't, don't do that. Like, don't take the cowardly way out. Like, and guys, I've really done this a bunch. I've invited a lot of people to talk to me face to face about issues that could be potentially very, you know, dramatic and very, you know, uh, where I might offend them and they might offend me. I'm always asking people to do that. So during the 2016 election, you know, I was supporting Senator Rubio for president. I had a buddy who was supporting President Trump and neither one of us understood the other person and where they came, where they were coming from. And so me and this guy were able to kind of talk through that and we left still supporting our guy, but you know, it ended up, you know, having a deeper level of understanding from one another. But here's one thing that happened recently. You know, obviously I did that guns podcast. I think it was episode number 10 on guns and the reality of evil. So many people that I was around were saying, were were just basically echoing and parroting some of the anti-gun arguments that were being made by people on the left or people on kind of the mainstream media. And so as opposed to just jumping down these people's throats and telling them how stupid they are, I said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to send you this podcast episode. I I go into a lot of the the myths around, uh, you know, kind of gun violence and, you know, just some of the things that that people say on the left and the right that they, you know, kind of get wrong on on certain things. And, you know, it kind of will give you a primer as to my opinion on some of these things. And then I'd love to kind of just talk about that with you so that we could maybe find some level of understanding. You know, I could come your way a little bit, or you can at least express your point of view and I can do the same. And I sent, that podcast out to so many people and literally had nobody follow up with me. Right. I basically threw down the gauntlet and said, Hey, I mean, you, you keep saying on social media and on all these different things, how you just want to have a conversation with people about quote unquote, common sense gun control legislation. That's what you want to talk about. Right. But the moment someone actually takes you up on the offer and says, yeah, let's have a chat about it. Like no one wants to do it. 
I mean, same thing on this Oklahoma educational funding thing. I invited scores of people to say, okay, it seems seems like you disagree with me on some kind of core issues here. And, I, and to be honest, I, I don't know that I fully understand your point of view because, you know, it's just posted a few comments on Facebook. How about we get together for, for coffee or for drinks? I'm buying and let's have a chat about it. Nobody took me up on it. I did have a couple of people reach out to me via text, which was nice. We got to kind of express um, some of our opinions back and forth, and we got to a level of understanding. But again, you have to always be willing to discuss this cordially. I know I spent a lot of time on this first point, but it's incredibly important, okay? Always be willing to cordially discuss the issue at hand. The second always statement is always ask good questions. So again, assuming that you're in a conversation with these people, you have to ask good questions. And so what are good questions? Good questions are, you know, questions that keep the conversation moving forward. Obviously, you want to keep the conversation on topic. So questions that can help the conversation go in a direction and also keep both of the parties on topic. Those are effective. You know, questions that allow you to gain some understanding of the other person's position. Obviously, like if you're asking questions and the answers to those aren't really helping you in any direction, that that's not really going to be useful. And, you know, questions that are that you're genuinely interested in the answers to. Right. So don't ask a bunch of questions that are off topic or on topic, but really not central to what it is that you two are discussing. So, again, always ask good questions. The third always statement is always summarize what the other person said. So you're sitting in front of somebody, you ask them a question, they're answering it for you. Don't just blow under your next question, right? Actually listen to what they're saying. This will kind of keep you from, you know, just trying to go on to the next question or to the next point or something like that. Repeat back to them what they said, but not verbatim, obviously, but just kind of summarize it just to make sure you're on the same page. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to go several steps down a useless rabbit hole because here you are, you know, assuming that you heard something that you didn't, or maybe they didn't communicate it very clearly. Just, you know, parrot it back to them. Say, well, you know, it, would it be fair to say that your opinion is da 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 and then get them to say yes or, well, no, not exactly, uh, to, to kind of rephrase my opinion on this and this or such and such. That's going to be helpful for you because, again, you should be going in not trying to win an argument, but basically trying to get some level of understanding, right? So that's the third always statement. The fourth always statement is always attack the dumb idea, not the dumb person, Okay. Always attack the dumb idea, not the dumb person. Here's the thing, guys. In almost all cases of offense, right? Someone is offended. The person that's offended is operating off of emotion, not logic and reasoning. Like that, that should be completely fair to say. They're operating almost completely on emotion and not logic and reasoning, right? And I'm not saying that if you're ever offended that it's not justified. There are obviously times where you can be justifiably offended by something. But a lot of these things that are happening in in culture right now, they're just not that big a deal. They seem like a big deal because somebody is, you know, operating off of, you know, basically just emotions, just the things that are right in front of their face. So the thing is, is if their ideas are stupid, you should attack them. The ideas, to to be clear, attack the ideas, but don't attack the person. So someone's like, yeah, man, you know, I just, you know, the earth's definitely flat, bro. I think the earth's flat. They'll be like, oh my gosh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And look, your haircut's stupid. And how could anyone even think that that was like a good thing to do? Like, why would you even say that? Why did you open your face today? In fact, why did you even wake up? Like, what a stupid thing to do to even wake up and come out here and spread your stupid, ignorant nonsense. Right. That's kind of an extreme thing. But like, don't attack the person, right? They have an honest reason for why they believe what they believe. Maybe they've gotten bad advice. Maybe they've uh, been looking at the wrong news sources. Maybe they've been looking at fake news sources. We don't know. Attack the dumb idea. 
Because when you start attacking the person, you're never going to win them over. And you're certainly not going to win the argument about the idea. Okay. And the last always statement is always be willing to stand up for truth when truth is able to be proven. Okay. We keep going back to this and I'm going to keep saying truth about a thousand times. So play a drinking game with yourself, you know, drink every time I say the word truth, always be willing to stand up for truth guys, because that's the thing is going back to the dumb idea concept, right? Attack the dumb idea. If truth can be determined, you have to fight for it. If it's important, again, going back to, is this hill worth dying on? If truth can be found, you have to fight for it guys. So again, the art of being offensive. There are five always statements that I think will help you in your art to be offensive, right? The first is always be willing to cordially discuss the issue at hand. Second, always ask good questions. Third, always summarize what the other person said. Fourth, always attack the dumb idea, not the dumb person. And fifth, always be willing to stand up for truth when truth is able to be proven. Now, there's a really important question that I think is really useful for all of us to think about. And that is, when is it a good time to offend somebody? Right? When is it a good time? When is it an appropriate time to offend someone? Right? And I think there are two answers to that question. So I'm going to answer the question that I asked myself. The first is when they need to be woken up. Right? And the second is when truth is on the line. So when they need to be woken up and when truth is on the line. Okay? So many people are just content with being in the dark, guys. They're just cool with it. Like they don't, they don't want to be woken up. I mean, and guys, just look at it. this podcast has offended people. Maybe, maybe not this particular episode, but, but maybe, but just look back on some of the episodes. I mean, you know, I already mentioned the one about guns and the reality of evil episode 10, uh, the episode on abortion. So that was episode number six. If you want to go back and listen to that, obviously, if you listen through that and you're on the pro choice side of things, that's going to be very offensive. And I hope it is because I described in detail what's happening in the womb and what happens during abortions. But also look at Pussies in the Pews. That was episode number four. And I said it in that episode. That's the line in the sand episode. Like if you can't be down with that episode and the philosophy therein, you're not going to make it very far. You're just not going to like this. Like, why would I beg you to stay and listen to these types of things? And the thing with that podcast is most of the people that were offended by it were church people, people that are in the church, people that like didn't like the fact that I was calling them out. That just wasn't very comfortable for them. Right. And some people are offended by my word choice. And, and again, there, there might be some wisdom in that, but that's just kind of the thing is like, this is how you guys talk. So why in the world would I try to talk how I don't talk or talk in a way that doesn't really make sense to you? Or is that as, you know, kind of bleached white? Like, why would I do that? But there's, there's always a good time to offend somebody. And there's an appropriate time to do that. Right. If these people need to be woken up, try to wake them up, man. Like if, if someone's walking around, like there was a kid that I'm mentoring, he's a college student. He's a, he's a freshman at a local university here in the Oklahoma city metro area. And he's a, he's a devout Christian, but he also told me, he's like, yeah. And, and I would consider myself pro-choice. And so we got to have a discussion about that. And so I entered into the fray with this young and just not to like prove him, like prove him wrong and school him up. But there were a lot of things he didn't understand that he was just basically uh, spouting the same nonsense that he had learned basically as a, as a freshman on campus and all these arguments that people were saying about abortion. And he didn't even know what an abortion was. He didn't like, he knew what happened, but he didn't know in detail, like what's happening medically when, whenever that particular thing is going on. So I had to be willing to offend him in order to go into that situation. So yeah, he needed to be woken up and truth was on the line. Cause he was saying some really stupid things that weren't true. And, and that was when I needed to get in there. But here's the corollary for, for all of you guys. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a Christian male. And even if you're not, I mean, thank you so much for listening in. We're glad you're here. But the most offensive thing in the history of mankind, guys, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like, 
What can you think of that would be more offensive than that? So let's put it this way. If you're a believer in another religion of some kind, or maybe you believe in in another God or gods or something like that, the gospel is really, really offensive, right? I mean, if you worship yourself, like you worship at the altar of self, the gospel is really offensive. If you're a materialist or, you know, an evolutionary biologist, the gospel is very, very offensive. I mean, if we're just highly evolved monkeys, I say that all the time. We're highly evolved monkeys that wear pants. That's what you think. That's your paradigm in your brain. The gospel is super offensive. And it's offensive because it brings morality with it. Like, where, where did we get morality? Where did we get moral law? Where did we, where did we get truth, right? And, and I just kind of go back to, to Matthew 10, 22. I really loved um, what, what Jesus was saying here in this chapter. There was a lot of great things that he said in this section, but specifically this one on Matthew 10, 22 is, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved, right? I think that's an important thing. Jesus was basically foreshadowing for us. Guys, we're going to be hated for some of our positions. And it's because those are my positions. And if you say that you're a disciple of mine, this is how you need to act. And these are the things that you need to believe because these are the things that are true. These are the things that are moral. These are the things that you should do, right? And guys, just just to be honest with you, if you're in ministry and listening to this, or even if you're outside of vocational ministry, if the gospel that you present to people isn't offensive, it's not the gospel. It's just not. The gospel in and of itself is an incredibly offensive thing because it goes directly against our sin nature. Everything in our nature wants to buck against that, right? Like, now guys, don't don't misread me here. Don't mishear me. This doesn't give you license to be a dick. Like, just present the gospel the way it is. You don't need to add to it. One of the most nefarious things I see in the modern day church is people try to like, sprinkle things onto the gospel as if it needed sprinkles. It's like, guys, it's already sweet enough. Like there's no sweeter news on the planet earth. You, we don't need you to come up with some allegories or some sort of metaphor that helps us understand it in a different way. You're trying to change the gospel to make it more palatable for the rest of the public. Why are you doing that? And, and here's the thing, guys, with the gospel, when you're sharing it with people, when you're trying to help them understand and see the good news, expect backlash, like expect hurt feelings. You know, expect people to roll their eyes, expect nasty comments on social media or, you know, met text messages to you. And guys, just deal with it. I mean, life's tough. Get a helmet. Like, this isn't about us. It's about him. It's about Jesus. Like, it's about the triune God. So, again, guys that are unwilling to enter into the fray and potentially offend somebody on an important social issue, is that guy going to be more likely to offend people? By sharing the gospel, something that is infinitely more important than any social justice issue that you could possibly imagine, someone's you know eternity and their rightness or wrongness from God, their closeness or their distance from God. I mean, we just got to think about that, guys. So this is my encouragement to you. And my encouragement is rock the boat, fellas. I mean, rock the boat. Look for opportunities to offend people in the direction of truth. That's one statement, guys. Don't just take the first part of it. Don't just look for opportunities to offend people, but look for opportunities to offend people in the direction of truth. You know, offend them in the direction of the gospel, using the gospel. Defend them in the direction of wanting to protect the sanctity of human life of what's growing inside of a woman's body. You know, if, if you're in a situation where there's spousal abuse or child abuse happening, like be able to enter in the fray and be offensive and to potentially protect somebody.
you know, Muslim fundamentalism and terrorism and, and jihad and things like that. You've got to be able to potentially offend people to stand up for truth. Hunger. You have people that are, are not being fed well and not nourished in, in the right way. And, you know, I offend people by bringing up ways that they could help that they're not doing right now. Be willing to do that. Like offend people that need to be woken up. I mean, guys, what a sad, sad existence to be seen as, you know, the safe, nice guy, the guy that never really rocked the boat, the guy just kind of putted his way through life, right? And that's what we're being told to do now, right? Societally, that, that's what they want men to be. Just be a nice guy, you know, you know, wear your, your glasses and your sweater and, you know, drive your minivan. And I'm not hating on people that wear glasses and wear sweaters and drive a minivan. It's just kind of like, you know, you get this Mr. Rogers sense of who you're supposed to be as a man. And it's just like, dude, God, like rock, you can't imagine Mr. Rogers rocking the boat. And that's partially the point. Like we want you guys to be able to enter the fray. We want you to be tough. We want you to be, you know, have resolve when you're going into these areas. So allow this to be that encouragement to you. And, and even if you would go so far as to say it, an inspiration for you to enter into those situations, look for opportunities where you can do well and do good in this world. And if you have to offend some people along the way, consider it a collateral damage that you're okay with. Okay. So guys, as you know, by now, uh, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And so we're going to move into the quick resilience boost here in the podcast. And so one thing that we do in this ministry is that we provide content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So I don't normally talk about physical resilience on the podcast, but I do want to talk about it today, just shifting gears just a little bit. Please go to our Instagram page. Okay. So if you go to Instagram, if you're not on Instagram, you know, maybe get on it. I mean, I'll provide the links for these videos to you anyway, but you can follow us there at Undaunted Life. So just search at Undaunted Life. The last two Tuesdays, I posted a challenge, a workout challenge. So every Tuesday morning, I post a workout of the week. So I try to change up the body parts, change up what we're working on and and all those different things. But last week I did a burpee challenge. And this week I did a Hindu squat challenge. Okay. So a burpee challenge was basically as many burpees as possible in one set. Right. So, and by set, I mean like, okay, you don't do like 50 burpees and then go, you know, chug some Gatorade and then come back five minutes later and then start doing some more. I mean, like the most amount of a break you're taking is, you know, standing up, putting your hands on your hips and taking, you know, a few deep breaths and then just keep going. So as many as you can. Right. And then the one that I just posted on Tuesday of this week was Hindu squats. Right. So, uh, I'll, I'll send out the link and, uh, they'll be attached to this, uh, podcast, these podcast notes as well. But basically it shows you what a Hindu squat is. And so it's just basically a body weight squat, but it's kind of one continuous motion. So I just want to send you guys there. So make sure that you follow us on Instagram so that you can see those workouts every single week. Cause I know a lot of guys are actually doing these and it's helping kind of get them motivated and get them kind of jump started, especially if they're trying to work on their physical resilience. So, and also post in there how many you did. So on the burpee challenge, I had guys posting how many they did, uh, on the Hindu squat challenge, they can do that as well. So make sure you go over there and check that out. All right. So guys, thank you again, as always for listening into this podcast. If you would please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google play and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. If you use the hashtag Undaunted life, we'll find it and make sure that we like it. Okay. If we deserve a five-star review guys, please leave one. We're currently five-star reviewed on iTunes, which is fantastic. So let's keep that going. I am booking speaking engagements for 2018. So if you're interested in having me come speak to your company or to your team or to your school or to your men's group or your church or whatever, please send me an email at info 
at undaunted.life. Again, that's info at undaunted.life. Our website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife and facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. You can also check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. Links to all this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, keep seeking the Lion of Judah.